Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to the Bibliophile Hour, and I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and I am so ready to jump into part four of the She Gave Her All to the Hood's Finest, and this will be episode four, recording four of day 31 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast, and I'm ready to hop into the story or jump into the story. Let's go. Tony rushes home to confront Kamara about the check that he found. And she's almost scared at first, but he's like, you know, what's going on? So she explained that Stallion offered it to her, but she refused. And he tossed it in the car, you know, just like I said. And she forgot about it. Like, she never paid any attention to him. So Tony tells her that she should have told him anyway so Stallion would not have a one-up on him or try to hold him in any way. So it's just like, you know, if they ever get into an argument later, he can never say, yeah, that's why I gave your bitch some money. And he would never know anything about it. And I can see where Kamara's coming from because it's like, if I'm not paying him any attention or giving him no play why mention it? Like, why cause problems? I can just, you know, not say anything about it and let that be that. And she's not thinking in the way that he's thinking. It's like, how can he hold you with that? I didn't take the money. I'm like, he threw it at Basically, he threw the check. Like, he tossed it in the car, but he threw it at her. But I didn't take it. That check been sitting there, and I don't even know how long. Like, I've been driving around in my new truck that you gave me. I'm not worried about that old car or that check. But anyway, with Tony being crazy how he is, he is now looking for Stallion. And we're going to look for him. He runs into a few of his bodyguards and he asks them, you know, like, where your boss at? And they won't answer any questions. So he kills them. Kamara goes to see Tony at the studio and Isis is waiting for her when she comes out. And she is almost hysterical about Prince being dead. And she blames Kamara for all the problems between them, you know, basically asking her, you know, why would you do that? Why would you let him kill him? You know, you could have just left him alone. And it's just like, are you really coming to me about the person that you helped kill my boyfriend and basically helped set me up with, but you're claiming to be so in love with him? And it can't be because of your baby because he didn't want anything to do with the baby he didn't want anything to do with you so it's like you can't be coming to me asking me about this are you and Kamara tells her that Prince never really loved her and Isis retort is then why did he constantly entertain me even when he had you and Kamara gives her the perfect the perfect response because you were a doormat dummy which is true. It's like basically anything he told you to do, I said, you jumped up and you did it. Like, I don't know how many times I got to say this and I'm going to keep reiterating it. You helped set up a murder and you helped him sleep with your best friend, which I still don't get because you're claiming it's for love. But he told you he only wanted to sleep with her one time. He got into a full-blown relationship for three years. What did he tell you then? And for you to continue to be her friend and you claim that you're in love with him, like you went, you had a whole nother relationship yourself. 
Y'all weren't even together. So how how was it love? I don't get it. Like I I need somebody to explain to me. You claim you're so in love with him, and you're acting like you're so in love with him now. You had a whole nother boyfriend, a whole nother relationship, and you stood by and watched them be in a relationship. Ain't no way. First of all, I would have never helped nobody set up a murder. But then after that, you just stood by and played the side chick. And your best friend was none the wiser. So I'm still trying to understand why you have an attitude with her when you were the one that deceived her. She just got her get back. How are you mad at that? Tony sends Ruby for training because although she wants the publication job for his record label, she has no experience in the field. Like I said, she was the music manager's assistant, but he didn't have her do anything music related. She was more so like his lackey, going to pick up his coffee, getting his car detailed, picking up his clothes, just anything he felt like telling her to do, but she wasn't actually assisting him with any music things you know what I'm saying while she's at her training she meets Zaire who is an older gentleman gentleman and he's really intense like he wants to go out on a date with her and it's like he's kind of already talking marriage and kids and it's just like I just met you can we slow down and Ruby is becoming obsessed with Frida and Eden. She's constantly paying attention to what's going on with that relationship and what they're doing. But it's like, you messed that up for yourself for a bum and still end up getting played by that bum again in the end. You could have been cutting him off and that could have been you with Eden. I'm going to get my words together. I swear. No, I'm not. So Raheem goes to the studio and Shanice is there. He tries to get Tony to kick her out, but he refuses, telling him, you know, do it yourself. Don't put me in your business. She ain't bothering me. She can sit here all she wants. And of course, Kamara's there. They're together. They're friends. So, And when he attempts to do it, it starts a small argument with him and Kamara because Kamara tells him, you know, she's not going anywhere. And if I leave, you know, she leaves. And she says, this is my man's studio. And Raheem says, exactly, his studio. And Tony steps in and he tells him, find you somebody else to play with. Don't argue with my woman, which, thank you. Because even if I was just a bystander, I'm like, so you really finna argue with her? And I'm glad Tony stepped in. So we find out why Tony does not like Vernon. Vernon snitched on his own brother so he wouldn't have to go to jail. Vernon tries to be tough and tells Tony he will not leave Jilly. I want to call her Julie and her name is Jilly. He will not leave Jilly alone because she is his wife. Can you guess what happens next? Was your guess that he gets his ass beat again? ding 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 tell them what they want Johnny and it's just like how you approach him because okay maybe I should set it up better Vernon asked him you know like why you never liked me man and Tony tells him or asks him where's your brother Vernon 
And Vernon, like, has a ghost look on his face. Like, you know, what do you mean? And try to act like he don't know what he's talking about. And then, you know, Tony tells him, like, you really need to stop messing with my sister. So that's when he tells him that he won't leave her alone because that's his wife. And so Jilly is at home when she hears the keys in the door. And she, the only person that has a set of keys is Tony. So Tony bursts in and asks, where your husband? She tries to deny it at first. But when Tony threatens to look it up, she confesses. Because she's like, you know, I'm not married. What are you talking about? And he's like, so if I go to the website and pull up, you know, marriage certificates or put in your information, it won't show me nothing. And that's when she had to confess that she actually was married. Tony calls her ungrateful and she claims to be grown. And Tony tells her, you're you're not too grown to let me foot your bills. And, you know, like I've been trying to tell you, put you up on game. And that's why, I, OK, because I cut myself off the last episode and I think I might say it here and people won't agree with me. But this is just how I feel. It's like if your brother is the crazy, insane hood nigga that he is supposed to be. And he tells you to do certain things and you just swear you know better. So when it comes back to bite you in the ass, you can't be upset about it. Because it's just like, how do you let Vernon threaten you to stay married, saying that he gonna tell your brother? If your brother is as crazy as he is, like he get away with hitting niggas in the face with guns, he gets away with killing people, there's nothing you shouldn't be able to tell him that if he feels like it, he won't handle it for you. And so she tries to throw Tony under the bus by yelling out that he has sex with Riel because Kamara is there. Like he had stopped by the house at first and she had dinner ready or whatever. And he told her, you know, I really ain't got time for that right now. I need to see what's up with my sister. So she, of course, comes with him because he was so upset. So when she yells that out in front of her, you know, it doesn't do anything because Kamara already knows. So that's a brush off. And she says some, she says some more dis- disrespectful things. And Tony like yokes her up before he leaves, but he also makes her apologize. And he's like, you know, you're going to give me my respect. I'm just trying to show you, but since you feel like you got it all figured out, cool. And then she gets a call, you know, like on her phone, she grabs her phone thinking it's Tony calling to apologize but it's like what will we what will he have to apologize for jilly and that's why i said that's the spoil part of her because it's like you just disrespected this man and then you think he calling right back to apologize like do you not know who your brother is but anyway it's the hospital it's vernon <laughs> he has broken ribs a broken nose and a broken cheekbone and she's starting to realize, and I'm like, how are you starting to realize? But anyway, she's starting to realize she made a mistake in marrying him. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just, you thought you were grown and you found out real quick that you weren't, that you didn't have the answers that you thought you had. So the next day she goes to the studio to apologize to Tony, excuse me. And Tony just flat out tells her, like, you weren't ready for marriage. Which is true. Like I said, I feel like she just got married to Vernon because she knew it would piss her brother off. And I feel like she wanted a reaction out of Tony. 
and at the same time also seeing if Vernon would actually step up and defend himself and defend them in their relationship instead of just doing whatever Tony said. Although Eden made Frida his girlfriend, he is suspicious of almost everything she does because of course she's a stripper so he has to follow her you know in the club making sure ain't nobody talking to her touching her whatever and it's just like she gotta make money playboy you can't be with her every step of the way and if you're that insecure you shouldn't have made her your girlfriend she tells him to cut off ruby because although ruby quote-unquote doesn't want him Frida doesn't want anyone else. Oh, no. Ruby doesn't want anyone else to have him either. He is getting punked by Holly's brother, the one who put him on blast on Instagram, saying he didn't go visit his sister while she was locked up. And he's, like, trying to get Eden to get Tony to sign him because he's supposed to be a rapper. And it's like, Eden, you're supposed to be gangster yourself, but you getting punked out by this dude? make it make sense and so Shanice goes on a date with Wade and Wade gives her a purse gets her a personal shopping session at Barney's which she takes Kamara with her you know it's real fancy they get to sip on champagne while they shop and it's just ooh la la and that's another thing like Siobhan I love her she is so pretty I follow her on Instagram. I love to look at her pictures. But she's like real designer. What am I trying to say? She puts emphasis on designers and naming things. And I love it because I can never afford it. And like some of the stuff I got to go look up. But that's a lot of like some of her story too. Putting into detail what things are wearing. Like the ladies and men are wearing. And I like that. I just wanted to put that out there because it's like when you go shop, put in shopping things or even when they're getting ready for the day or whatever, it's just like, ooh, it's this something I can't pronounce. And I just I just thought I'd put that in, in there that I like it. Like I'll never have them or I'll, I can never afford them, but it's nice to see how the other side lives. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that was so random. But I just really wanted to put that in there because when I put in this personal shopping thing, it's just like, yeah. Anyway, so their date, Wade and Shanice's date, is on a boat. And she explains her situation with Raheem and with her husband, Paul. And Wade was also married once before, but he's no longer married. Nahima and Jilly are now in a relationship. They decide to make it a go even though they are both still in two sticky situations, but I guess they're just gonna make it go. And, wait, I wanted to go back to Wade, because I can appreciate how he didn't trip out, because, you know, a lot of guys, they hear, like, really? You went through all that? And it's like, and to find out that you cheated on your husband and was with the other man while your husband died, a lot of guys would just really overdo it and just be like, no, I can't mess with you. You ain't real. You ain't going to hold it down. I can't do that. But he was real mature about it. Okay. 
as a part of her job, Ruby has to meet Eden at his house, and Frida opens the door and tries to be polite, but Ruby is just being petty. She's throwing shade, and at this point, her feelings are invalid. It's like, you feel a way that he's moved on, moved up, and has a new girlfriend, and somehow did you wrong because of that diss track, but it's like, you fumbled your own bag. You can't be mad at nobody but yourself. So to somehow get back at Ian, she goes on a date with Zaire. And like I said, he's already talking marriage. He's already talking babies. Talking about he grown. He ain't got time to waste. But it's like, y'all don't even know if y'all like each other. How are you talking about babies and talking about marriage? That makes no sense. So... You know, everybody's at the studio. The crew, as I call them, is at the studio. And Nala's baby daddy shows up to the studio acting a fool. And Tony whoops his ass. And it's like, it's not in honor or defense of Nala. It's the fact that you showed up to... This my shit. You showed up to my business acting a fool. And when I tell you to chill out, you try to get bugged with me. So yeah, now I gotta whoop your ass. And the baby daddy had jumped on Nala, so her face is messed up. And Tony has to drive her to a video shoot that she was supposed to have already been at. And so while they're riding in the car, she tries to take a picture of her feet in the car. And Tony snatches her phone like, don't play with me. Don't try to make this more than what it is. I'm just trying to help you out. And it's not even really for you. It's for me. You need, you supposed to be making me money. So go make my money and I'm going to get you all fixed up. And so, she, you know, she didn't want to get off the car with her face looking like that. So he gives her his jacket that was in the backseat of his car. And he gets one of the makeup artists to move to a private room. So nobody will see her like that. Jilly goes to the hospital to visit Vernon to tell him that she wants a divorce and then tries to ask about his family. Because when Tony was telling her, you know, you weren't ready for marriage, it's like, you don't even know nothing about him. You swear you're so in love and you think you, this is the person you want to be with. What about his family? Do you even know that he has a brother? Do you know his mama? Like, do you know anything about him? And she had to realize that she really didn't. So when she's asking for this divorce, this is the time she wants to ask about his family. And he's like, you know, what do you care? And then he claims that he had a brother, that the brother died. You know, like the brother is no longer alive. I was just like, see, you lying ass. Eden gets Raheem to produce the track for Al who is, you know, bullying him to get Tony to sign him. And it's garbage. He is not a rapper. He is not a rapper. And he's just want to get on. Holly has the baby. It's a girl. They also took a paternity test. And he is the father. And it's so funny because when he shows up to the hospital and he gets the papers, the mom is like, so... Holly's mom she's like so what does it say and Holly's like you know I ain't gotta worry about what it say I already know what it say I'm like girl do you want the crew of Maury to be inside this hospital room because you was acting like such a bird 
But she's right, though, because he is the daddy. While in traffic, Shanice sees her former in-laws. And, you know, they don't live in California, so it's a shock for her to see them. But I'm wondering, like, do they have family in California or not? Because I know the son, like, they knew about the son. But just for her to be so shocked to see them. She follows them, like turns around in traffic and follows them and they end up at a hotel. So when she gets out and talks to them like, hey, what are y'all doing here? She finds out that they have been there for a week and, you know, they didn't contact her. So she asks again, she's like, you know, like, what's going on? Why? Basically asking them why they're there. And I'd have been like, little girl, I'm grown. I ain't got to tell y'all, tell you when I show up in this state or city, nothing like that. But she finds out that they are there to help Kiara since she may be carrying their grandchild and that's their last connection to Paul. And this hurts Shanice because it's like, really, y'all finna help her? And what am I trying to say? Like, they try to be empathetic or sympathetic, whichever the right term is. I always get them mixed up. But you know, like, they try to get her to understand like they understand why she's upset but it's just like you know he was our son and so if we have some sort of other relative out there related to him we want to do all that we can to make sure she safely gets him here Kamara is having a night out, you know, like with the crew and they're all having a good time. And Joy walks up to the table to speak to the, you know, like speak to everybody. And everybody's just looking at her like, girl, why are you here? And Nala says something, you know, like trying to check Joy and they start fighting because she tells Joy, you know, nobody wants you over here. Why are you over here? And Joy looks at her like, girl, I don't even know you. Why are you even talking to me? What you worried about what I'm doing over here for? And this pisses Kamara off because it's like, why are two women fighting over her man? If anything, that should have been her checking either one of them. And Tony tells her to let it go because he's not worried worried about the fight. Neither is he worried about either one of them. So after Joy is thrown out, Kamara tells Nala that she owes her an ass whooping later because Nala tries to apologize about that situation but she just doesn't like people um trying to step where they don't belong and Kamara's just like like you and she's like no you got it all wrong she's like no I got it right I know exactly what you're trying to do you're trying to step to my man and you need to realize that he is my man not your man And that is a sticky situation because it's just like having to work with your former artist, even though Tony don't see it that way and like most men don't. Like I slept with her one time and she gave me head. And after that, we ain't spoke no more. So I really don't care. You know, like there's nothing to talk about. But um, of course, as a woman, she doesn't see it that way. She's like, and they fighting over you. On the way home, you know, like, she gets cold, and she asks him where the jacket is that he usually keeps in there. And remember, he gave it to Nala when she got beat up by her baby daddy. So he tells her that he left it at the studio. 
And Star has a cancer scare that she tells Nahima she needs him to go to the hospital and basically be there for her because she has a history of breast cancer in her family. And of course, like he's he's going to be there for her because that's his son's mother. And they they do have a relationship. So it's just like, but when it's all said and done, he tells her about his new relationship with Jilly and she immediately starts using their son, Timothy, as a weapon. Like, oh, you're just going to leave us and go with this new woman? And well, if you're going to be with her, then you can't see him anymore and you just throw us to the side. And it's like, I hate women like that. I hate women like that. It's like, if a man no longer wants you, not even, let me not just put this off on women, but more oftentimes than not, it is a woman. But just because your partner no longer wants you, because this is even done against studs and other lesbian women, any type of people. Anyway, just because the relationship is over does not mean that you then get to use the child as the way to make them stay with you. It never works out the way people want it to. Like, it never does. So I don't even understand why you would use that as a tool because it always blows up in your face. Ruby sees Armand on the street and he is homeless and now on drugs. So he has a crack pipe. She tries to take the pipe and he elbows her in the face. And he tells her, you know, after we broke up, And I guess you told your daddy, your daddy got me blackballed. And Ruby doesn't believe that because her dad, like he owns furniture stores. So she's like, you know, my dad ain't even got pulled like that. But it's like millionaires run in the same circle, sis. So word got around and he couldn't get no more gigs. So that just automatically means he turns to drugs, which I don't get how. But that's just because he's lazy. Because Armand is a pretty boy who just thought he was going to use his looks that way. So it's like, okay, you couldn't get any more modeling gigs. You couldn't just go get a regular nine to five. You just automatically turn to drugs and your life is over. But you know what? I ain't going to say nothing else. I ain't going to say nothing else. She goes to Eden, you know, basically, I guess, feeling bad. And after they talk, that leads to sex. And the next morning, she thinks that means something, but Eden tells her it can never happen again because he has a girlfriend and is not going to break up with her now because Ruby, like Ruby decides she's ready for him and she's ready to be all in with him. And that hurts her little feelings, but basically it's like, girl, you got to get over it. So while she's out with the girls at the Pink Cherry, Isis tells her Frida wanted Tony first but she chose Eden as a second because she heard that basically Eden be tricking like he'll buy you whatever bag you want or whatever so she saw him as an easy target and she tells her this you know like wanting Ruby to talk her up to Kamara and get them back being friends but it's like girl that ship is over why do you keep trying to rehash it she don't want to be your friend you you guys are never going to be friends again just let it go 
Once again, Raheem is meeting with the divorce attorney. Amara wants full custody with allowed visitations and no child support. And he meets Dallas, who is a producer for some other artists that he has been working with, and they're getting closer together. Just another woman that he's lying to. Raheem, like I said before, Raheem is not meant to be tied down. It's just like he... He wants to be a player, but it don't really work out for him. Joy is still, like, honey, we are on book four, and she is still pining after Tony. She has been his quote-unquote ride or die for however long. And it's just like, what does being a ride or die mean? The fact that you there whenever he wants sex? Because it's like, it don't... It, the book don't say nothing about her being by his side when he's sick, you know, helping him build his empire, helping him bag up the drugs, helping him sell the drugs, helping him count the money, you know, nothing. It's just like you were there for sex. That does not equal out to being a ride or die, but she sees it that way. And she's thinking he would eventually love and propose to her, her, which I don't understand. I don't know. I'm so confused because it's just like, how do you feel this way? Because you just thought eventually he would want to settle down, I guess, when his player days are over and it would be you because you stayed around the longest. And she kept all of the sonograms from the four babies that she killed and Carter catches her looking at them and asks her, you know, like, why do you still have these? And she gets upset and says, you know, because they were my babies. And it's just like, well, if you felt that strongly, sis, why didn't you keep said babies? Why are you just looking at these sonograms? It's it's weird to me. I ain't saying you just got to throw them away, but it's just like, if you looking at them as if they're something that you wanted to keep why didn't you keep the babies then and so to take her mind off tony carter takes her on a date and gives her his credit card to spend and i want to say because i didn't put this in my notes but i do remember this when i read this book she buys something for ten thousand dollars and says he better not trip because it's only $10,000. But it's like, sis, that's $10,000 that you don't have. How do you spend somebody else's money that you can't afford? You know, buying an item that you can't afford and talking about it's only $10,000. Like, what? I'd be so confused. My favorite, uh, <laughs> that's my favorite line. What? I'd be so confused because it's like, how do the audacity, like, sis, how do you have it? But anyway, so while they out at the club, she sees a girl that Tony used to mess with and asks if she's still sleeping with him. And the girl laughs at her like, sis, he is all the way in love and he is engaged. And the video is Tony being interviewed by like a magazine or something like that. And they ask him what what's his favorite thing to do. And he says, come on. And, you know, everybody around him laughs and it's just a joke and when the video is over she tells the girl in the bathroom that that's just for show she's good for his image but tony is really her man behind closed doors and it's like if that was the case why would you want to tell anybody that why would you be proud with being kept a secret 
and basically saying that this girl is prettier than you and would look better with him than you do. Like, you don't know. You just shaded yourself, girl. I just, like, when I first read that, when I read this book, because I've read it, like, a few times, it's just, like, you don't even know how hard you just played yourself. And the girl who was in the bathroom with her friend, like, they laughed at her and was, like, sure, sis, and basically didn't pay her any more attention. And she texts Tony telling him that he was the last man to ever touch her and that Carter is just being a friend to her as if that means something it's just like girl he don't care about you he got a whole fiance and a baby what else do you need to know that he don't besides him telling you all those times that you wasn't nothing but somebody to lay with and she gets into a fight with the same girl because I guess she saw the girl walking past her too many times in the club until the girl don't walk past her section no more and the girl was like or what so that results in a fight. Tony goes to Brio's job to question if she knew her mom wanted him when he was younger, but married his dad instead. She does not, but she questions if he is really just a one woman man now because she knows one woman cannot satisfy him. It's like that may have been the truth for you and for Joy and for anybody else he was with, but in a special situation, there is always that one person that can, because I ain't going to say will, because you never know, but can come along and make people change their ways. And it's like, you swear you know him so bad and have a connection, and you really don't know the first thing about him. So he like, he pays her no attention and just leaves. He sees Stallion out at an industry event and tries to get close to him, but he is surrounded by security. He hates that he acted like that in front of all of those people and his actions are going to be the end of him. So it's like Tony, he has sense. He just, he loves to act like he doesn't because he knows that his actions like in the industry world, that's not going to get you very far. You actually going to cut yourself off if you continue to act like that. But Kamara makes him feel better telling him that people are still going to work want to work with him because of his work ethic and at the end of the day all those big wigs care about is making money so if you continue to make them money they're not gonna care about nothing else that you got going on so while Nahima and Jilly are laying in his bed in his apartment there's banging on his door at midnight and it's star she is attempting to get him back again and acts a fool when she finds out that Jilly is there. And she bursts into his bedroom, trying to make her leave, once again using their son as, uh, like, leverage. Basically telling him, you know, like, if you don't make her leave right now, then you're not going to get Tim this weekend. And it's like, you can't do, like, you just can't keep him like that. But that's basically what she tries to do tries to does to do instead Nahima makes her leave like no and I'm still gonna get my son because at one point Jilly had went to the bathroom to get dressed and she was gonna leave because she's like you know I don't want any problems with you getting your son and he's like no she can't do that like I have rights to him just the same way that she does so 
One day, Vernon is on the day, not one day, on the day that Vernon is to be released from the hospital, he tells her that he doesn't need a ride, but she still shows up, you know, to see who picks him up, and it's his mom. So she waits until Vernon leaves before going to the door to talk to his mother. She learns that Vernon also has a sister and that the brother that he said was dead was actually in jail. Just like Tony, like Tony didn't tell her that, but Tony knows that. He knows the real Vernon. That's why he can't stand him. Eden and Raheem get in the studio with Al to make the record. And I'm so shady. In my notes, I said he is giving G Herbal and Blueface, which basically means he's not on beat at all. And he doesn't really sound good. And Eden meets with Ruby. She tells him what Isis said. And this bothers him. So he goes home to confront Frida, who admits that it was true, but says, you know, that was before I even knew who you were. Like, we moving on to better things. Because at one point, he wanted her to quit stripping. He's about to go on tour. So he asked her to come on tour. And I think she's also in school. So it's just like... She was trying to be a better person, but he throws in that he recently slept with Ruby, you know, to get back at her. And so she leaves him and he tries to say like, no, 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 no. I was just saying that because I was mad. And she's like, that doesn't make that okay. The fact that you felt that way and can now throw in my face that you cheated on me. But she gives back everything, but he lets her keep it's like nigga you even bought her a car you bought her a g-wagon but he lets her keep it because she was gonna give everything back at least i can admire her admire that about her because it's just like oh really i'm out shanice hires a private investigator to follow kiera because child something in the milk ain't clean and she feels away and but at the same time, Wade is showering her with gifts, attention, and great conversation. But they still haven't had sex yet. You know, she's just not ready, especially with how fast she gave it up to Raheem. And it's just like, girl, that was a chemistry thing. You trying to hold out just because. But anyway, I ain't going to judge. And after more gifts from Wade and a talk with Kamara... I cracked myself up looking at these old notes because they're like some months ago I said she gets her Betty right on so if you know the song tonight is the night that you make me a woman let me stop because I cannot sing but that's my song and Wade hires a personal chef for the night and they get it on hey they got it on the next morning she meets sherry who is wade's ex-wife and is currently living in the guest house she's not staying in the main house but she's living in the guest house and it was so weird because when shanice got ready to leave sherry comes up to her and like you must be shanice and she's like you know are you his sister and she's like no i'm his wife and she was like what oh i meant ex-wife like 
you knew what she was doing. You was being real petty, but okay. So she tells Wade, Shanice, she texts him like, you know, don't ever talk to me again. I met your wife. It's over. We ain't got nothing else to talk about. Kamara is working out with Sky, who is being very shady. She lies and tells Kamara that she is still having sex with Nahima, calling Jilly a mistress, saying that she seduced Nahima. And Kamara's like, that ain't the way it went. And, you know, basically, I don't appreciate you talking about her like this because that is not true. But at the same time, Kamara also doesn't know who to believe because it's just like the situation is kind of shady. Kamara, her dad pops up acting as if everything is just okay because I guess he sees that she's doing well for herself now. So now he's trying to bring himself back into her life. But she turns him away. And as he is leaving, she sees the detective that's working on Bobby's case. She goes to her mom's house and finds her having sex with the young boy from next door. Which is so weird because Kamara, of course, always thought her mom was just a lesbian. And she treated that boy like a son. So she goes home to discuss this with Tony and tell him, you know, what she saw. And Tony puts it in perspective for her that her mama and Nathan shot Bobby, not knowing she was already dead from his homies that he got to slit her throat. So, of course, when she called saying that Bobby was shot and then the police are saying that she actually died from her throat being sliced open. So... And she's trying to use that to blackmail them, basically saying, like, if you don't give me the money, I'm going to tell the police that you were involved in this. And it's like, you ain't even got the right cause of death, so you can't really get me in trouble because then you're going to be telling on yourself. You know, like, make it make sense, girl. And Kamara contacts Naima to meet up to confront him about still sleeping with Star and basically trying to play both women and he has to set it straight he's like whoa I am not sleeping with Star I have not been sleeping with Star you know I'm all about Jilly and I don't know what she's telling you but she's lying to you so Ruby is officially hired by Tony and the guy Zaire is trying to have her meet his parents already but she resists Cause it's just like, y'all, what, you've been on one date, now you about to meet the parents, and he want to have a conversation about what she going to say to the parents, and it's just, oof, it's too much, I'd have been stopped talking to him. She stops by Eden's house, and he has baby Haley, and Eden lets her know that he is single now. But he wants to stay that way, even though they discuss getting back together. But he just done had too much drama in his life. And he's not ready to jump into anything. Raheem goes over to Dallas's house and they're drinking and talking, which leads to sex. And while he's cleaning up in her bathroom, he calls his wife and Dallas overhears. And she kicks him out when he comes out. 
she's like, did you really just go in my bathroom and call your wife pleading for her to take you back? Like, you know, we just got done having sex, right? And we in my house, right? And he tries to explain it away, but she just kicks him out. Tell him, please get out. Get out of my house right now. Kamara gets Nathan to confess to shooting Bobby, and she has it recorded on her phone. It is the first night of Eden's tour, and Nala is his opening act. And everything just goes great. Everybody's vibing. They feeling good about themselves and how it's going. And Tony is walking Kamara back to the bus. Like, they're about to walk up the stairs, and Nala is walking down the steps, and Kamara steps in front of her. So Tony and Nala are confused at first, but Kamara asks Nala, why is she wearing the hoodie that she has on? And Nala tries to play it off and say that it's hers, but Kamara knows that it's Tony because it's like, first of all, height difference, how big the jacket is. And she can smell his cologne all over it. She punches Nala a couple of times before Tony pulls her off. And he takes her, you know, up the steps into the bus. And he yells back for somebody to get Nala cleaned up. And this causes causes an argument between them because Kamara thinks that they have been sleeping together all along. But Tony gets her together. He's like, you know, I wouldn't propose to you. I wouldn't have did all this if I was trying to play you. And they quickly make make up and she can see that knowledge just trying to be messy. So when everybody comes back onto the bus and she's still wearing the jacket, Tony looks at her and says, take the jacket off now. Jilly is finalizing her divorce with Vernon and Vernon tries to get alimony, you know, saying she's she's a stylist and she's getting checks. I know I can get something off of that. But the only thing on paper is that she just works at Macy's like she just works at a department store there's no alimony to get from that and that's from Tony being smart telling her that he won't officially put her on payroll until she gets divorced from him so her lawyer is just put down as an internship not her making any actual money so when he can't get any money Vernon says he wants a restraining order against Tony telling the lawyers that he's tacked him a numerous amount of times so they grant that she goes out to dinner with Nahima to celebrate her divorce and as they're leaving Star is there leaning against the car again she starts talking crazy to Jilly and tells Nahima how he'll never see Timothy. And, you know, Julie just tries to get in the car and ignore her because she's like, you know, I'm going to let you handle this. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Star pulls her hair and Julie proceeds to whoop her ass. Of course, with Tony being your brother, you got to know how to fight. And she does. And this is a problem for Nahima because he's like, you know, you didn't have to do that. And it's like, she shows up here talking crazy to us, and she pulled my hair, but you mad I whooped her ass? Like, that's not my fault. That's her fault. So I'm sorry if something happened between you and your baby, but that's, like, I was protecting myself. And then he, like, calms down, and he's like, you know, I'm not mad at you, 
I'm kind of mad at the situation. Eden is ending a session at the studio. And, you know, it's him, Tony, and Raheem, and Holly's brother shows up. And Eden tries to introduce them, but Tony pays them no attention. He's talking to, I think, what is it, Abel and the other guy. I know it starts with a C, but, you know, like, basically, he's like, I'm not paying no attention to him. And so Eden just nods for Al to start playing the song. Tony, like, literally, you know how you stop talking and just turn your head to look at somebody to make sure you're hearing what you think you're hearing. And Tony just goes in talking about the boy clothes, how he look, his teeth, his whack rhymes, and Al gets upset. He leaves but comes back, you know, like spraying the block, basically just shooting. And Tony gets shot in the stomach, but because he keep his gun on him, he shoots back and he hits him in the head, causing him to crash his car. And he drives himself to the hospital. Like, Eden tries to drive himself. But Tony's like, man, back the fuck up. And either you going or you about to get left. But move out my way. So he drives himself to the hospital. And when Kamara and Jilly get there and ask what happened, Eden and Raheem start to point fingers at each other. Because it's basically like, this is your fault, you know, for getting him to do the song. And he's like, you know, you the one that produced it. And basically, you know, just trying to remove blame from themselves. And Kamara makes both of them leave, you know, asking like, why would y'all do that? You know, I got my baby. Why would you put him in a situation? Because you know, any chance he get to act the fool, Tony is going to do so. Ian goes to Ruby for comfort, and with them having sex and him feeling bad about causing Tony to get shot, that somehow means that they are now back together. Ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The private investigator that Shanice hired to follow Kiera finds Kiera has a boyfriend and this is who she believes is actually the real father. So when Shanice gets this information, she confronts Kiera who expresses her disdain for Shanice. She feels as if Shanice didn't deserve Paul and she lets her know she did really sleep with Paul. So that part was not made up. And she wanted her baby to be his because she knew that Paul wanted a baby. But Paul didn't press the issue with Shanice because he knew how important her career was to her. So he left it alone. And Shanice explains herself to Kiera, basically saying, you know, I wanted to give him kids. And I thought we would have had more time. But she didn't really owe her that 
explanation. Like, bitch, I don't care how you felt about my husband. He was my husband. Whether you felt I deserved him or not, he's mine. So that's none of your business. And you don't get to feel away and basically, like, taunt me with the possibility of being pregnant by my husband. And it's like, you don't brought his parents into this. What's going to happen now that they know that they really don't have a grandchild? Something to keep their son's legacy living on like did you think about that or were you just so pressed on getting to me because you felt like I didn't appreciate him when I had him like girl please so anyway it's time for Shanice to move on she moved into a new house and she got a raise and while she's at her new house Wade shows up and tells her you know you're going to listen to me. Sherry is like his best friend and it just didn't work out in the marriage. They were better off as friends. So he's letting her stay in the guest house until she can find somewhere else to live. And Shanice says that needs to be soon because that was just real awkward. Tony is still in the hospital and Kamara posts a picture of their baby And it's like almost as soon as she puts the picture up, Joy DMs her saying, my son would have looked just like that. And yeah, we fighting. Because then she posts her sonogram saying that it is one of their one year anniversary. So it's just like, you, what is this? Like Like how close were the abortions, sis? And Kamara then DMs her back asking to meet up to talk to her. And then Joy is like, why? I'm like, what you mean why? I want to talk. But she's saying, you know, it's hard to deal with Tony. And then all of a sudden, Joy starts calling Tony but doesn't get an answer. So then she DMs Kamara back like, yeah, sure, we can meet at such and such. And it's like, what? But Kamara shows up and beats her ass. Like, man, stop playing with me. Don't comment on my baby. Don't talk about my baby. Don't DM me. Don't DM my man. Forget you ever knew him. And her dad shows back up wanting to have lunch. And she agrees to have lunch after she helps Jilly box up the rest of Vernon things. And he helps out and he tells Kamara that he's seen Vernon before. And he says that he and his brother committed a crime for money. He went free because he snitched on his brother. And Kamara's just like, okay, like, why is this so important? And her dad reveals, Kamara, I'm pretty sure that Vernon is one of the guys that helped kill Dries. So, of course, this throws her for a loop. Once again, Tony has Brielle, you know, like he goes picks goes to pick her up and they are going to her mom's house. So they're both questioning if she really married the dad so she could get close to Tony as he grew up. And she admits it's true because at some point, Tony ran into a crackhead who just said he looked familiar and then he remembered that Brielle because Brielle looks a lot like her mom and you know he's like I remember she married your dad just to get close to you so that's where the questions came from from Tony because it's like although he's a crackhead that's a very specific story to tell for it not to be true 
So come to find out the mom admits it's true. And this starts a fight between mom and daughter because Brielle tells her, you know, he would never want you. And it's just like, y'all really fighting over a dude that don't want neither one of y'all. And Brielle cracks a heavy vase over her mom's head, which ends up killing her. But, you know, she can't mourn her too long because they have to get out of there. Naima has filed for joint custody and Star is upset about it, basically telling him that they could have kept the courts out of it. They didn't need anybody in their business. It's like, no, you just wanted to be able to hold my son over my head thinking I wasn't going to say anything. And I got smart and I, I forgot what I was doing. Was it the last book I read when I said, don't be afraid to get the courts involved? Because it's like, do not let them run you from your children get the courts involved say she's doing this I want my son I want to see my son and he has also requested to have a mediator to be there to exchange Tim he's like you know I don't even want to see her she's doing too much just have somebody pass my son off to me please and he's fine with having to pay for child support because she thought that that was going to somehow stop him or like trump what he was trying to do and he's like you know that's no problem I just don't want basically telling the courts, I don't want her to be able to dangle any time that he gets to spend with his son over his head, basically saying like, you can only have him for this amount of time or you can't see him at all. And so he also introduces Timothy to Jilly and they hit it off. He's like, I think he's three. And they just, it's just like, okay, of course they're going to get along. Kamara tells Tony, you know, what her father told her. And Tony has just been waiting for the right reason, right time to kill Vernon. So he's with it. He's like, you know, I got it. No problem. But Kamara wants to be there. And he's like, you know, for what? And this is once again her getting payback for Dries. It's like at that time, he was important to me. So I'm getting revenge in his honor. And Tony sets it up for Vernon to meet him thinking that he's about to get a job. But when he shows up, he's surprised to see Kamara and then nervous when Tony comes out and locks the door. And they get him to confess that he did help kill Dries. And then he told on his brother and left him out to dry because he could not be in jail. That's what he said. Vernon he said I don't I didn't belong in there I'm like but your brother did how you gonna do a crime and he says that his brother convinced him that it would have been easy money quick pow pow they good and done but obviously they got caught and then he just left his brother out to dry Tony shoots him kills him bam it's over so to wrap up this story Tony catches Stallion and kills him uh, Kamara and Tony got married. Shanice and Wade are engaged, and she got another raise making $400,000 a year. Eden and Ruby are expecting a baby. All of Tony's former hoes have scattered and got out their way. Jilly and Naima are doing great. Star even has a new boyfriend, so she's no longer bothering them. 
and Raheem and Dallas are doing great, and they're dating, but everybody knows he still wants Amara. So, that is the end of the fourth book, and in the synopsis for the story, it says that this was the final book, but we actually have, we do have the fifth book, and it's called, you know, of course, she gave her all to the hood's finest, but it's Wacko Reloaded, and that is the last and final part of the book. And so I will see you guys on the next episode. And I hope you enjoyed episode four, part four of the 31 days of read a book, record a podcast. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people. We are going into 2020 strong, okay? I'm trying to up my work ethic if I can get my words together, which seems to still be my struggle, Lord, one thing at a time. But 2020, I'm doing good so far. I'm doing more podcasts. I've stopped drinking pop. I am doing my thing okay. All right, let me get out of here. Peace for real this time, y'all.